stories from around the corner and around the country. You're listening to All the Best. Proudly supported by the Art Gallery of New South Wales. You're listening to All the Best from FBI Radio 94.5. I'm Madhura Prakash. Before we get into this week's stories, I'd like to take a moment to acknowledge that I'm recording from stolen Gadigal land and pay my respect to Gadigal elders past and present and also recognise that the area where FBI Radio is situated, Redfern, has long been a place of storytelling, strength, resistance and resilience for First Nations communities. Audio is a great medium to use for fictional storytelling. It can be used to heighten feelings of escapism, or to tell a story in ways that cannot be done through video or the written word. It's always a joy to share the creative contributions of our audio fiction producers. And these ones embody the oddly familiar. And if you're interested in producing some experimental audio of your own, keep an ear out as we may have a workshop coming up that would be perfect for you. In our first story, Christina delves into her nightmares, using audio to help recreate the visceral feelings of fear, confusion, and disconcerting familiarity that can visit us in the night. It's opening and closing its mouth, like fish do. Not a sound, just opening and closing its mouth and looking at me staring and I don't know whether it is looking from inside the tank or whether we are in open sea but no I can't somehow distinguish I feel I know that there is a glass between us the way you just the way you just know stuff when you're dreaming The fish is there, staring at me, opening and closing its mouth. And maybe it is looking at me from inside the fish tank. Or maybe I am inside a tank and it is looking at me from the outside, which would mean that I am inside the water, maybe drowning, maybe pulled down by an invisible force. But before I can explore any further the thought of myself drowning in front of a staring fish, I wake up, as I always do. Now, I'm not scared or agitated. The fish doesn't even enter in the list of my recurring nightmares, which are... Number one, someone is trying to kill me with a huge knife and I do not have a place where to hide. Number two... Someone is running after me to kill me and I am unable to move my legs. Number three, someone is looking for me to kill me. I am hiding under a table and I see the killer approaching and I know it is a question of moments and he'll discover and kill me. These are the three main nightmare plots that have been haunting me for as long as I can remember, although lately, only rarely. Same plot, 
with few variations. When I was very little, the killers were often Turks or Nazis. Too many black and white war movies when I was a child. Sometimes, these nightmares were so vivid that I remember waking up very early in the morning and being unable to go back to sleep. I remember being so terrified that nothing helped calming me down. was itself part of my dream that I was still part of. We can agree that a fish staring at me hardly registers as a nightmare, can't we? The fish is maybe just because all of those Bojack Horseman episodes that I've been watching lately. So, this morning, very early in the morning, or at night, I'm never sure how to put this. I saw a fish. I was still half asleep, but I know that I had the strong feeling that I had to remember the dream in the morning because I knew that it was important And uh, as words came to my mind, I tried to resist them because I know all too well that unless I write them down immediately, I have a rule. Never think of anything interesting in bed while half asleep, unless you can write it down. Because in the darkness of the night, words have a way to envelop and combine. And you know that the best words will come to you in the moment that you are drifting away in no one's land. And in the morning, you'll have the feeling of having forgotten something important. Did I disobey my rule last night? Why do I have that fish in my mind? For many years, I've only eaten fish, not meat. In fact, if I were to calculate it, I spent more years of my life as a pescetarian. Pescetarian? You know what I mean. More years as that than eating meat. I only started eating meat again at one of Adi's parts. Adi's, my friend. When we, when we all already knew that he was sick, but before knowing that he was terminal. Actually, just a matter of months. Immediately before that, and really, each party at Addis was a celebration, was a celebration of, life of life and joy. And I think no one believed that no one he was going that. to die. He was going to Not die. Not even when he moved country and had to carry his intestine to the outside in a bag with those farting noises and we pretended that it was nothing and we were all 
We were all so happy when he spent a fortune to buy himself a professional camera because it meant that he believed he had a future, enough future to invest in an expensive camera. And we wanted so much that he had a future. So, yes, it was at one of those parties that I started eating meat again. It was a piece of sausage. I hadn't eaten meat for how long? 30 years? Yes, it's about right. But I wanted to tell you about the fish. A big, wet, gray fish that is looking at me, moving his mouth, open and close, like fish do. Its gray, wet skin is not like uh, real, but it is almost cartoonish. Yes, this must have to do with me binge-watching Bojack Horseman. A huge fish, gray and wet, that looks at me in the dark of the night. And another movie comes to mind, a short animation I bumped into late at night in one of those collections of animations that they used to broadcast late at night in summer. Or maybe not. Maybe I watched it at the cinema, the best animations from all over the world. I don't know. I don't remember. But I know that every now and then the short movie comes to my mind. And I have told and retold the plot so many times at dinner parties for effect. It goes like this. It is night in a small village somewhere north. It is cold. The weather is miserable. The fishermen are getting ready to go out to the sea on their tiny boats. They kiss their wives and kids goodbye and leave their poorly lit, poorly heated huts disappearing into the night, into the storm, into the raging waves. Imagine a very dark palette of colors, blacks, browns and grays. Okay. After the fishermen leave on their boats, the wives lock the door and go back inside to prepare for the night. And then, in the middle of the night, as they are sleeping with their children, huge fish come out from the sea. They are black, white and shiny. They walk by standing on their tails and carry huge butcher's knives. And uh, we see how they, an army of them, proceed in entering the fishermen's homes and to slaughter everybody. We see the children screaming and trying to hide under the bed, but the fish pull them out and use the knives to cut their throats. And all the while we think that this is terrible, but that the fishermen are slaughtering the fish's families out at sea. And uh, when the slaughter ends, when also the last child has been butchered, when also the last scream has echoed away, the fish holding the knives, still dripping with blood, they march back to the shore and jump into the water, just in time for the first light of the day to appear, together with the boats of the fishermen, heavy with the catch of the day, their tiny boats full of fish jumping, still alive. 
the end. I've tried many times to find out the title or something. I wouldn't mind watching it again to see whether it is really as terrible as I remember. So, the fish last night. A fish that woke me up and that I have decided, for no apparent reason, to place at the center of my tail. I wish I had some context to give you, to help you understand what it is about. But I am myself at loss when interpreting this image. Maybe it comes from the months we spent in lockdown, trapped inside our home searching for a meaning while there were only orders to obey. Do not go, go out. Wash your Wash hands. Your hands. Sanitize. Sanitize. Inside your Cough elbow. inside your elbow. Wear a mask. Wear a mask. Print a permit so you can go shopping. Wash your hands. Sanitize. Cough inside My your dreams elbow. were awfully vivid during lockdown. Wash your hands. And uh, day and hands. night seemed to converge and to merge in a seamless, meshed time. Mind you, I did try to keep track of times of the day and so. But came the time to go to bed. I was never tired. Sleepy, yes, but never tired. Or maybe was it the opposite? Always tired, but never sleepy. You see? It feels already like I have forgotten what it was like during lockdown. Gone. Removed. Oh yes, I remember how I ran along the beach on the 4th of May early in the morning, the first day after lockdown. We were all still unsure, wearing masks, even while running, back then. Because no one knew back then, and yet I know that despite the sense of oppression and despair, I was also a bit sad when the lockdown was over. I don't know. There was something heroic in taking the shopping to my mom who couldn't go out. And there was something magic and enchanted in walking through empty streets, always fearful something might happen. Will I be stopped by the police to be questioned? Will they ask to see whether I am carrying a self-printed permit? Will they believe that I'm taking the shopping to my mom? Will they call her to check my story? It was a bit like when I went to East Berlin before the wall came down, never sure whether they were going to stop you for a crime you didn't know you had committed, for rules you did not know you had broken. You see, I am doing it again, changing subject from what I had decided that this was going to be about. But I cannot avoid it. As more horrible news arrive from the other side of the world, Australia, where my friends are trapped by yet another lockdown, this time harsher, stricter, with an actual curfew. As horrible thoughts, warning signs remind me that lockdown is just a breath away, pun intended. My thoughts 
continue to draw circles, visiting my dreams, like huge, menacing, gray, wet fish, waiting for me to fall asleep so that they can get me in my sleep. That story was produced by Christina Maras. Have you met the love of your life through a mutual love of FBI? Been listening to the station all day, every day since 2003? This year, for FBI's 20th birthday, all the best want stories about how FBI radio has impacted you. We're looking for any kind of novel, weird, or exciting experience that involves FBI. Reach out by emailing production manager Phoebe at pm at allthebestradio.com. In our next story, strange things happen on a supermarket night shift. This is Score Cell's Grocery Employee Concerns Hotline. Please type your store number and employee ID, followed by the hash key. Hi, it's um, it's me again. Just finished work and wanted to fill you in on a little issue we've been having. Uh, so we've kind of had this weird noise in the roof lately that only happens at night. It's it's probably just possums or something. But there's been stains on the roof and customers are starting to complain a bit about the smell. Nasty stuff. <laughs> um, well, not not too nasty, but <laughs> you know, not nice. Anyway, anyway uh, the other day we had one of those rent-a-kill people come in to resolve the issue. He came in all very professional, no smiles. <laughs> he even had his own fancy pen that he signed in with, like flat out refused to use us, which is a little rude. But it was a nice pen though. I, I will admit his penmanship was quite impressive. <laughs> very fancy cursive. Uh, but... But yes, he seemed quite passionate about about his job, so there's no way he just didn't do anything. Uh, but nothing's really changed since he, you know, went to go fix it. So, so I thought I'd call you. I I know that the procedure is to bring in to my line manager, Mark, but he starts at 9am and I usually finish at 2.30am, so we never really, you know, cross paths. Uh, I, I asked around for his email, but no one, no one seems to have it. So I left, so I left a note and it, it was gone the next day, but I haven't heard anything yet. So, and you, and you know what? That, that handwriting was different. I swear that handwriting was different. Like I didn't see him sign out, like at all but he did sign out and it's just he used our pen this time which he seemed super uncomfortable doing earlier and the and the writing was all chicken scratch and it was just so different from how he did all the fancy stuff when he signed in and something something felt oh there's a crow on the tram with me seems confident I might just go tell the tram driver just just in just in case. Yes. Okay. Thank you. I hope you get back to me soon and uh, have a lovely night.
thank you, employee 8751, for your inquiry. As always, we hope you have a lovely day. This is Score Cell's Grocery Employee Concerns Hotline. Please type your store number and employee ID, followed by the hash key. Hi, it's me. Again, I'm just calling to inquire about information regarding overtime work. Um, I'm not really sure how to obtain overtime payment. Like, I'm not even sure I should be working overtime, but it feels like I'm expected to stay, even though I'm like technically done with my shift. And I know it's overtime is a thing, so I should be getting paid logically. But no one's really telling me how. To- oh, hi, hi, Mark. Huh? How are you going? Yeah. Oh, you're on your break too. Having a cup of morning tea. Always nice. Yeah. Whatever. Yeah. Anyways, Janice, uh, you know my favorite mug that I mentioned that I keep at work, the Snafkin one. Well. I'm not one to complain about people not doing the dishes, but my mug was in the sink, which means someone used it, but everyone knows not to use my mug because it's my mug. But the mug was like, it was, it was different. Like I, I think, but obviously it didn't change or anything, but also like, I don't remember there being a little person in the background in the tent or like the puddle in the corner. Let me describe it for you. So this is like my favorite mug. So it's really got a little snuffkin on it and he's got his little hands on his waist and in the background there's this little tent it's very cute but I I swear that the tent was always empty but like I'm I'm looking at it now and there's definitely someone inside isn't that weird the things you notice like you know there's something so normal that you see every day and then you notice something different about it isn't that kind of great oh uh just so you know the the stains are still still on the roof they've started uh leaking water which is kind of weird because it hasn't rained in a few weeks, but I'm, I'm sure I'm sure it'll get fixed eventually. Might be burst pipe or something. Burst pipe at the moment, I guess. <laughs> Just there's a little, little bit of leaks. Oh, um, sorry if your name is actually Janice, but it'd be a little weird. Um, I won't be calling again at work, so thank you. Thank you, employee 87351 for your inquiry. As always, we hope you have a, have a lovely day. This is Sork Grocery Employee Concerns Hotline. Please type. Hi, um, it's, it's me again. Um, I'm not sure what else to do. I, I called triple zero, but um, all I got was radio static and some bits of music. I don't know, it was kind of weird, but I got through to you, so that's that's good. Um, I know the protocol is to tell the security guard, but um, he was just kind of staring into space, and when I tried to talk to him, he couldn't um, move. Um, I couldn't find any of the other employees, like the guy I was working with in service went to the bathroom, back, and then he wasn't in the bathroom, and the deli people went there, but there's this... Uh, thing, um customer i think walking around the store and he's leaving this trail of water i'm I'm pretty sure and it's kind of um i know this sounds silly but uh it's more water than makes sense he's drenched to the to the bone and water is just pulling beneath him and not stopping 
which is a real hazard, you know, we don't have enough signs for that. And he wasn't really responding. He seemed very troubled and was limping, so I asked if he wanted an ambulance and then he ignored me. But then he kept asking for meat. And I was like, the dolly section's over there? But he was like, no, meat? And I was like, I don't know what you want. And he didn't clarify any further. Then he turned back to the shelf, which wasn't meat. But yeah, he was just kind of looking at them. So I decided that I had done my due diligence and that I would come here to the supply closet. Haven't um, seen a customer in 15 minutes other than that customer, of, of course. I didn't, see, I didn't see him come in though, because like, I'm right near the entrance and there's only like one entrance and exit before 5am, but I didn't see him come in. Like, I'm, I may have been too focused on the chill, but uh, the trail of water didn't even lead from anywhere near the entrance. Milk. I'm sorry, sir. This is staff only. Milk. Um, I'm afraid there's no meat in here. This is just cleaning supplies. Thank you, employee. Eight seven three five one. Inquire. Hi, um, hi, I didn't think anyone Hi, employee 87351. This is the Let's Talk Concerns Hotline, and I'd like to start off by saying we love to hear your queries, and we're so glad to have honest communication at our company. In regards to the issue of the Rantakill employee contracted for August 18th, I filed your concern into their system, so hopefully that'll be sorted quick as a fox. If further issues arise, unfortunately, we'll be unable to help as the case is in their hands. They should be in contact with your line manager within the next eight to ten weeks. Have a lovely day. Oh, wait, just hold on one second. Thank you for using the School Sales Grocery Employee Concerns Hotline. As part of our team, we want to hear your feedback and concerns. If you have time to finish our short survey, please select one. Thank you for choosing to take our 20-part survey. Question one. Was your concern resolved? Select one for yes. Select two for no. Select three for needs ongoing support. That story was written by Rowan Modello with sound design by Ollie Krusek. Ryan Pemberton was the supervising producer. All the best would like to acknowledge the traditional owners of the land on which we make these stories and pay our respects to Elders past and present. All the best is made at FBI Radio on Gadigal land in association with SIN and 3RRR on Wurundjeri, Woiwurrung and Boonwurrung lands and 8CCC on Arunde and Waramungu lands. The All the Best editorial manager is Mel Chun and Phoebe Adler-Ryan is our production manager. Our social media producer is Isabella Lee. Patrick McKenzie is our community coordinator. Shining Bird composed our theme music and Annie Hamilton designed the artwork. 
We're heard across Australia on the Community Radio Network and were made possible by the Art Gallery of New South Wales and the Community Broadcasting Foundation. You can find our full archive of more than 500 episodes at allthebestradio.com. I'm Madhura Prakash. Thanks for listening. <laughs>